You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 7th, 2018. My name is Phil Prospenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Happy to be with you here on a Wednesday, a game day Wednesday, as the Orlando Magic will take on the Los Angeles Lakers tonight at 10.30 p.m. That'll be on Fox Sports Florida over at the Staples Center. Uh, We'll have a complete preview of that game coming up in just a bit. And I've been sitting on this story for a little while. Uh, about a week now, uh, so I will go ahead and dive into a little bit of this topic, and that is the freshest, freshest rumors having to do with Orlando Magic coach Frank Vogel. I will discuss those rumors, uh, what what the tea leaves might be saying. Again, I, I kind of always have my same caveat for the rumors. Why are these coming out now? What do they say? What's really going on? Um, you know, I'll try and shed some light on that, and then, of course, I will, uh, and then, and then I'll kind of speak more broadly about how I think Frank Vogel's doing, and and what direction I think the Magic should go, and and really what what I want to see from Vogel the rest of the season. But let's start with the game tonight: the Orlando Magic taking on the Los Angeles Lakers, a team very similar to the Magic, not great statistically. In fact, the Magic have a better offense than them. Uh, defensively, they are. Kind of comparable, I suppose. I guess that I mean the Magic struggling a lot defensively throughout the year. Um, but LA with 28 wins, eight games better than the Magic. No getting around it. Uh, they have some really talented players. Lonzo Ball, very good. Um, playing playing now. He did not play when the Lakers visited Orlando at the end of January. Isaiah Thomas now on the team. He's got the ball in his hands a little bit more and is starting to look like Isaiah Thomas again. Uh, they got Grinders and Julius Randle and Kyle Kuzma. Uh, and, and Brooke Lopez, or Robin Lopez, or no, they do have Brooke Lopez, sorry. Brooke Lopez, who is a, a really strong player as well. They've, they've got good basketball players. It's they got depth issues a little bit, and their bench uh, can kind of fall off on them. And really, uh, in the last, say, let's say 10 games, the Lakers have played some uh, much better basketball than they had before. In fact, over the last 10 games, the Lakers have the 10th best net rating in the league at plus 4.4 points per 100 possessions. 111.7 offensive rating, 107.3 defensive rating in their last 10 games. Um, while the Lakers' record does not look good, uh, they're 6-4 and four in the last 10 games, but 28 wins, not a good look for them. This is still a team that has a ton of talent and, and puts things together really well. And, and, and frankly, the Lakers have been moving in a positive direction. So, I mean, say what you want about the brand, hate the brand, I get it. It's the Lakers. You know, I've, I've heard Aaron Gordon jokes already about Aaron Gordon leaving or, or whoever leaving for the Lakers. Um, I make the joke all the time. Yeah, we, we, we know, we know, we know. Uh, say what you want about the Lakers, uh, how you feel about them organizationally, but Luke Walton's done a good job building that team up, getting them to play more confidently. Yes, they still got a lot of work to do. Yes, they still have a long way to go. They're still very, very young, uh, but uh, obviously they're in a very good position to continue to grow and continue to uh, get better over the course of the next few years. What they do this summer, of course, with that huge caps cap room they've created, Will be a big question mark for them. Uh, obviously, I think the Lakers have ambitions that are a little bit different than everyone else's because they are the Lakers and they like to uh, like to go all in. Maybe when uh, most teams would not. Again, this is still a really good Lakers team. Or this is still a very dangerous Lakers team. They can score points in a hurry. They got some good scores, but. 
they're very flawed too. There's no getting around it as well that they have a lot of flaws. I watched the Lakers game against the Portland Trailblazers on Monday after the Magic's game was over, and I saw a team that is extremely talented. Julius Randle works his behind off on the glass. He's playing for a new contract in, in a league that is kind of passing him by a little bit. He's a little bit of a dinosaur in the way that he plays, but Randle can produce. Um, you know, I've I've always I've always said this uh, to people who did not like the Aaron Gordon pick. I was a big Julius Randle fan coming out of Kentucky. I think I was on that podcast with the Lakers that I shared um, back in January where I said, you know, I am, I'm a Randle fan. I don't get why he does not get more playing time or, or why uh, he ha- seems to be in the doghouse with the Lakers. And I get it. He's a little bit of a dinosaur, so maybe he's better as a sixth man, kind of in, in kind of like in the Enos Cantor role that we've all talked about for Nikola Vucevic and, and, and several other kind of old school big men. But he works hard and works hard on the glass and, and, and does a lot of really good things. But the Lakers' guard play definitely leaves something to be desired. It can be very hot or cold. Uh, against Portland on Monday, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I thought, took some very silly shots. I thought Isaiah Thomas took some very silly shots, very rushed shots. But both of those players are capable of making those shots, are capable of getting hot and capable of putting up a big number and making you try and keep up and play at their kind of breakneck pace. I mean, the Lakers... Uh, don't play uh, at an incredibly fast pace at 104.2 uh, possessions per game in their last uh, for, for 48 minutes in their last 10 games, um, but they can play very frenetically too, and I think that plays to their favor, especially Lonzo Ball, where I think that that's at, where that's where he is at his best. Uh, Lonzo Ball, I, I didn't watch a ton of him earlier in the year. Uh, obviously, he's a rookie that gets a lot of attention, mostly because of his dad, not because of him, but. Lonzo Ball is playing very, very well, um, I, I think, and, and I, I thought that he is is slowly getting better command of the offense. I, his shot works for him; uh, it, it works in this league. He's able to get it off. Um, you know, he's still learning the finer points of everything else. But 10.4 points per game, seven rebounds per game, seven assists per game. Shooting percentage certainly could continue to go up. That's going to come as a rookie um, as he continues to improve. Um, but that's a really good start, and, and really in, in their last uh, let's let's go ten games again. Uh, ball, or let's go since Ball came back. Ball came back kind of officially on February 26th. So in, in his last four games, Ball is averaging 12.3 points per game, 6.3 assists per game, 5.5 rebounds per game, shooting 53.3% from the floor, 60.9% from beyond the arc. He is playing really, really well. He seems to have found a nice little groove, and that's helped him keep going. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, we've seen what he's done all year. He is a, a really strong rookie. Now, probably on the outs, probably if, if he had to say, Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons are your two frontrunners for Rookie of the Year. Kyle Kuzma has got to be third or fourth in that group, right? Um, he's had a fantastic rookie year. He puts up numbers. Uh, so it, the Lakers the Lakers are obviously a young team. And, and I think when the Magic played them in January, the Magic caught them on a young, young team night. Um, I, I remember Luke Walton saying after the game there that we probably played our worst game of the year tonight. Um, the Lakers did not play well in Orlando on January 31st. Um, that was not the kind of effort that they want. Um, they, they they can play energetically, um, and and the Magic just kind of hit them with a hit them with a barrage, and, and that was it. That was that was good night. So Lakers, while they are good defensively or better defensively than you would think, um, they 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 can be a little loose at times. They can let things go a little bit. Uh, you saw Damian Lillard have a big big fourth quarter against them on Monday. Um, they they can give up big scoring runs. They can give up big scoring drives. That is the plight of a young team. Uh, but this is a very energetic team uh, as well. And, and I would say this, 
earlier in the year as the Magic standing as the Magic standing in the league was diminishing as as they were falling behind, falling further and further behind in the standings, and, and as things began to fall apart, I remember I watched the Lakers play the Warriors on Kobe's night um, on the Kobe's jersey retirement night, and I thought to myself, man. The one thing I can say about that Lakers team is is they're always playing hard. They are tough out. They do not go down easily. And and and, and I, I think even the game on uh, on January in Orlando, the Lakers probably wilted a little bit more than they usually do. So you can knock them out. Let's not be. Let's not kid ourselves. You can knock them out. Uh, but that is a team that that plays hard, plays with good energy. They, they've got some decent, interesting players. Um, and they're going to be a tough out for the Orlando Magic on Wednesday night. As, as I've said time and time and time and time and time again with the way the Magic's season has played out, Orlando needs to focus on themselves. The focus is less on the opponent and more on what you need to do. Orlando's defense was fantastic on Monday, despite what Frank Vogel said. I'm sorry, Coach, got to disagree with you there. Orlando's defense was really good, but... If the Magic's offense remains stagnant, if they don't move the ball, if they try to isolate too much, and it'll be tempting against an L.A. team with some poor perimeter defenders. Isaiah Thomas is not a good defender. Uh, Lonzo Ball is not a great defender either. Uh, if you fall into that trap where you're not moving the ball and you're not working together, you're going to get beat. Uh, and this is a very winnable game for the Magic and a game that, yeah, I think the Magic should think we have a realistic chance to win this game. Let's go get it. Um, I know that's not going to make some people happy, but I think that this is a very gettable game for Orlando, despite how well LA is playing. But and it would be a good win. Let, let me let me say that too. It's it's not that it's just a gettable win. It is a gettable good win for the Orlando Magic. A win that you can really feel good about. And who doesn't like sweeping the Lakers in a season? I'm sorry, it, that that still means something to me. I think I don't know. Um, I hold grudges uh, long longer than most most people. Uh, when it comes to teams, so I still boo the Houston Rockets for for the 95 Finals. But that's neither here nor there. The Orlando Magic taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. It is Magic After Dark. Join us online at Daily for some late-night tweeting as the Orlando Magic take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Tip-off is at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time over on Fox Sports Florida at the Staples Center in beautiful downtown Los Angeles. And last week... The rumor mill started to churn. I mean, we're, you know, most, I think there's a little bit of a misconception about how trades get done. Um, I was listening to uh, uh, an episode of uh, the Bas- of the Hoop Collective uh, from back near the, the all, near the trade deadline. And Bobby Marks, a former, G- former assistant GM with the Brooklyn Nets, current ESPN writer, um, he, he said... Trade conversations happen year-round. The rumor mill in the NBA doesn't stop. What gets out to the media is spurred by deadlines, of course, and by upcoming major dates and major events that spur movement, that get teams to actually begin to act on some of the conversations they're having. But conversations are ongoing and constant in the NBA. And so, yes, it is a little weird to see a little bit of a rumor mill churning at this stage but there's definitely a rumor mill churning. We had the Aaron Gordon stuff a while back. We'll dive into that a little bit more in the offseason. But definitely one thing that deserves some talking about and deserves some, some mention at this stage of the season as Orlando enters the final quarter of the year is the future of Coach Frank Vogel. And I am of the opinion that the Magic have had so much, so much 
Ross turnover with their coaching staff and lack of stability, that yes, it would take a lot to change Frank to to to, to fire the coach in my mind. But when there's smoke, there's fire. And Orlando's record at 20 wins at this point of the season, six worst, six best lottery odds at this point, third fewest wins in the league as we enter March. Anytime that happens, you've got to examine the coach a little bit. And so it's not surprising to hear some rumors pop out, especially considering the special situation that Frank Vogel's in. First, let's dive into what the rumor actually said. Mitch Lawrence of the Sporting News reporting last week that, quote, Orlando could be making a coaching change with former NBA player Jerry Stackhouse seen as the Magic's number one choice to replace Frank Vogel. Stackhouse, of course, now the head coach of of Raptors 905 in the G League. They won the G League championship last year. Jerry Stackhouse is considered one of the up-and-coming coaches in the NBA. Great development coach. Has done a great job with Raptors 905. Um, They continue to play very, very well as well. I'm going to pull up the stand, the G League standings right now just to double-check that. Raptors 905 at 26-17, and 17, second place in the Atlantic Division. They are set to make the playoffs, it appears. Um, the Lakeland Magic 20-21, and 21, uh, just outside of the playoffs uh, picture here in the Southeast Division. Uh, but Jerry Stackhouse is going to be an NBA coach. He wants to be an NBA coach. He will be an NBA coach very, very soon. And I think some of this rumor is a little bit of connecting some dots, whether they're there or not, whether they make a picture or not. This all starts because the Magic's record is is what it is. Orlando did not take step forwards as a team this year. They're going to go from 29 wins probably to, let's say, 23, 24, 25 wins. That's, that's a step backward, no matter how you cut it. Even with the injuries, even with all the extenuating circumstances, it has been a step backward for the team this year with largely the same roster as last year. Naturally, you have to look at the coach. And naturally then, too, you have to look at the circumstances in which that coach was hired or or the circumstances within the organization. President of Basketball Operations Jeff Weltman came to Orlando inheriting Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel is not a Weltman guy or not a Weltman-picked guy. That doesn't mean there's a bad working relationship or that it can't work or that he can't become one, but there's no established relationship there. It's 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 very much uh, something that they've built together on the fly. And by all indications from what I've heard and what I've seen, Vogel and Weltman are doing fine. Vogel has done a good job, has done a decent enough job. Has he done a good job? I'm not quite ready to answer that yet, but he's done well enough. But he's not a Weltman guy. Jerry Stackhouse is a Weltman guy. He's someone that Weltman has worked with, knows knows that can succeed. Will probably will coach want to coach the kind of roster that Weltman wants to build. Fits the development process progress of the team that he has now. Frank Vogel has weak, has a ton of weaknesses as a coach. And I think this Magic team of the last two years has exposed very many of those weaknesses. Weaknesses such as 
lacking flexibility with his rotation. Waiting too long to make changes to the rotation. Maybe going a beat too long on adjusting and working on the fly. An unimaginative offense. A defense that's that's very system dependent. These were all apparent in Indiana. When things started to fall apart in Indiana, or even when things were going well in Indiana, fans knew that these were the things, and they were able to win despite them. In Orlando, they've all become very readily apparent, and I think exacerbated. This team has tested and tried Frank Vogel in a way that I'm sure he did not anticipate, and has exposed him and many of his weaknesses. Rightly or wrongly on that front. So has Vogel done a good job? Under the circumstances, I would say yes. I would say he's done just about all he can do with a roster that's been depleted with injury and already had a very small margin for error. A roster that, even entering the season, giving it another try, we all kind of understood didn't work. Should the Magic be playing better? Yes. Absolutely. And Vogel shares some burden on that. But look at the other things he's done well too. Vogel did come in as a development coach. As a coach who could develop young guys. Paul George being example one. Roy Hibbert being example two. Lance Stevenson being example three. And the one thing I think Vogel has begun to do a lot better this year than he did last year, because last year he's establishing relationships, trying to win games too much because because of the playoff pressure. The one thing I think Vogel has done successfully, and the one thing that I'm very, very encouraged by for next year is the development program the Magic have installed and seen results from. Mari Wazonia... His improvement and his finding himself in the rotation this year is a testament to both Hazonia's hard work and the Magic's ability to develop him the right way or develop him into a usable NBA player. Frank Vogel said it himself. There were times last year when I could not put him on an NBA floor. Hazonia now is essentially the Magic's sixth man. That's the role he plays when he's on the floor. The Magic count on him to score 12, 14 points per game off the bench. And he's delivering. Regardless of whether Hizonia stays or not, that is a positive sign for the Magic that they can invest in a player and he will show tangible results very quickly. And I think Vogel deserves credit for that as well, as do the rest of the Magic's coaching staff, of course, um, that, that, that work with Hizonia every day. Matt Hill... Chad Forcier, Corliss Williamson, um, Jay Hernandez. They all, uh, I've, I've seen Chad Forcier working with Hazonia every day after practice. They are, they are working hard to make that kid a better player. And he's become one. So, what direction do the Magic go? That's going to be saved for the end of the season. I, I hate to leave you on a cliffhanger there. But when Jeff Weltman said that this is an evaluation season, he wasn't just talking about the players. I've heard rumbles and rumors about Vogel 
and his job security since December, since the wheels started to fall off. And that is natural. It has to happen. It has to be something you discuss. And I think if Vogel does keep his job, which I expect him to do, he will have to show some improvement, some progress next year. It is very difficult, though, to continue changing coaches the way the Magic have changed coaches. And while Vogel is not the guy that Weltman may have picked, he's the guy he's got. And I think he is good enough for what the Magic need right now. And when the Magic do get where they want to go, Vogel will be the kind of coach that can deliver it to them. This rumor, I think... I think everyone's trying to connect dots. I think everyone's trying to, to, to read smoke signals that aren't quite there. But then again, when you have the record that Magic have, you've got to at least explore it. So, the, I want to end the show today just talking a little bit about how Vogel should manage the rest of the season. Frank Vogel famously said last year that he believes in basketball karma. So long as there is meaning to the game that the Magic are playing for one of the teams, he feels it's his obligation to the other teams around the league to put his best players out there and try to win the game. Vogel has talked time and time and time again throughout the season, and this is an argument that I ascribe to, that the Magic need to start building a winning culture. They need to go out there, try to win games, try to experience victory, try and learn lessons through winning, and improve that way. That is part of what Vogel wants to build through these final X amount of games. But how he goes about doing that is going to be very, very interesting, I think. Because, obviously... Playing veterans at this point isn't going to teach you much. If you're evaluating the, if you're truly evaluating the roster, some experimentation is worth doing. Uh, after all, for the most part, what the team has done hasn't worked. We saw a little bit of this Monday night when the Magic started Jonathan Isaac uh, to start the third quarter. I don't think we'll see that yet, but clearly, he's thinking of doing it. Clearly, that's something that should be down the road. Orlando has to see how Isaac and Gordon play together. This is information for the future. We're already seeing Maurice Spates and Aaron Aflalo cycle out of the rotation. Wessa Wundu could probably use a little bit of a minutes boost. The biggest, the biggest adjustment that I think most Magic fans want to see, and I would count myself among them, Ken Birch playing over Bismack Biombo. Not only do I think that that will help the Magic win more games, I think Ken Birch has earned playing time and, and, and should be a factor for this team moving forward. From there, you can begin experimenting with lineups. Gordon and Isaac playing together, absolutely important. That lineup needs to, be, needs to get major minutes at some point during the end of the season. If you feel like there's a minor injury, of course you hold someone out, but I think you're going to get to a point where, yeah, Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic need to stop being the center focus, the, the focuses late in games. 
I am for the Magic winning those two games this weekend. I thought that they were they were great wins that showed a lot of grit and a lot of toughness for this team. But I'll agree with the complaint that most people have and agree that it is something that, that I would complain about too or just say, come on, really? Play, the Magic played both of those games late through Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier. And while I appreciate what those guys do, they are the Magic's two most consistent players, perhaps. The ball needs to be in Aaron Gordon's hands late in games. Or in plays designed to get him open. I don't mind Evan Fournier taking a last-second shot. That's what he's good at. That does give the Magic the best chance to win. So I'm not going to complain too much about it. But yeah, you need to start developing some of these young players and get them these reps and get them these opportunities. But they also need to deliver, and that's a fair statement to make, too. Vogel has a lot on his plate to end the season. There's no doubt about it. He is trying to win games. I think the Magic organizationally want to see the team try and win games. Um, I think they'll learn more about their team if they do that. But you also got to play some of those players that you need to learn more about. You know what the veterans can do. We know what Evan Fournier can do and what Nikola Vucevic can do. And frankly, at this point, I, I hope... You, I hope the Magic understand who they are as players uh, and, and what direction they want to head with them. But young guys, like Wesley Wundu, like Ken Birch, like Aaron Gordon, like Jonathan Isaac, even Jonathan Simmons to some extent, Mario Zonia, those guys, their future still very much up in the air. And so I'd like to see Vogel give them more opportunities. We're seeing that with Zonia. Gordon is trying to be a little bit more of a playmaker and experiment with his game a little bit more again. Um, you're seeing Jonathan Isaac get back into the fold, and his defense, as I said yesterday, is is really good. It's all steps in the right direction, and, and Vogel has a lot to manage, but this is his chance to experiment a little bit and get ready for next season, which I anticipate he'll be coaching. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Again, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so already on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Um, while you're there, be sure to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let others know how we're doing so that they can find us and love us too. We love our listeners uh, and we love our future listeners as well. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. It is hashtag magicafterdark. So turn those lights down real low and get ready for some late night magic basketball. Tip off at the Staples Center against the Los Angeles Lakers is Wednesday night at 1030 be sure to tune in and follow along with the hashtag MagicAfterDark or on Twitter at OmagicDaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.